1: And hello to the listeners. Welcome to the Polyester Podcast. I'm Ione and I'm the founding editor in chief of Polyester and the author of Poor Little Sick Girls. And I'm Eden, the socials editor of Polyester Scene. This is The Sleepover Club, a feminist pop culture podcast. We pull apart the hashtag discourse in the hope of making some sense of it all.
2: Before we get started, please like, rate, review, and subscribe. Wait, what does that bit
1: say? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. And we do have a new review today. It's is by yo dude in great britain hello love five stars followed your insta for a while but finally listened to a podcast today and now i've listened to six within 24 hours so easy to listen to the time flies by which is very sweet gorgeous thank you yo dude So today, you will have noticed it's obviously Eden instead of Halima. So Eden is covering for Halima while she's off
2: for the next two weeks. What are we talking about today, Eden? Today, we're talking about the rise and fall of Naughty's bro culture and how it's kind of rearing its ugly head again.
1: So when, like, we all plan episodes together as a team, basically, and I'd watched Woodstock 99, like, on the weekend or whatever, and was kind of just like quite shook by it, which we will go into. But then I was kind of thinking like, oh, we obviously did the toxic femininity deep dive at the beginning of the year with dissociative feminism and like flawed female characters. And I feel like quite often, especially in feminist spaces, I suppose how men operate can go quite under interrogated in a way. Like it's always about our reaction to it as opposed to the thing itself if that
2: makes sense what do you think Eden yeah I think so it's more people maybe do it on a more individualistic basis like oh this man said something horrible this man said something instead of thinking about like the social problem of people thinking they can't say that men think they can't say stuff like that
1: yeah exactly it's like we always like oh that man is trash or whatever but it's never like why do men act this way whereas I feel like with women yeah we're really quick to like categorize it whether it is like dissociative feminism or coquettes or like literally any of the aesthetics that we have talked about on the podcast
2: this year yeah so Eden how would you describe a bro um it's pretty I guess it's a pretty American concept he is maybe in a frat he's into sports he's popular he's loves drinking beer uh, and acts like a bit of a dick yeah 100 percent. so i feel
1: like mine's kind of different i don't know i feel like mine's very specific okay to that like yeah like american pie early noughties type of boy or maybe it's because i feel tainted at the moment from watching woodstock 99 so recently so if anyone hasn't watched it it's this netflix four-part documentary about when they tried to like revive the festival basically in 1999, and they wanted it to be like a re-emergence of like all of the kind of peace and love culture and how much of a great environment Woodstock was in the 60s, and kind of bring back that essence. And it turned into an absolute nightmare.
2: Have you watched it, Eden? I've not watched it, but I know about it, and I've I've seen some of the clips. It's all well and good, you know, preaching peace and love, but the bands that were playing. That's not their vibe.
1: What were you thinking? Yeah, this was like a huge (laughs) part of the documentary. So basically they were trying to make this festival that was going to be like really good vibes or whatever obviously they it was kind of like quite obvious in the documentary they just wanted to make money but anyway so they had bands I think it's like Limp Biscuit were headlining Corn, and then like loads of new metal bands basically the Red Hot Chili Peppers were headlining like the Sunday night or something and they also made just like many many mistakes throughout the course of the festival so a apparently they had no idea who they booked so they booked all the bands that were like the biggest bands of the moment. And then one of the 20 year olds that worked for them turned around and was like, mm, you do know it's probably going to be like a bad crowd with all these people. And like the high up people were just like, mm, we don't care. So <laughs> <laughs> they also made like loads of weird mistakes with the planning. It was um it was hosted on like an ex-army military air base. So it's all completely concrete, which I'd hate. For a festival, but that's a bit by the by. And they made everything really expensive. There was no like water taps. It was like $4 for a bottle of water. Everyone started to get really, really aggy. And there was basically like a lot of crime that took place, a lot of like fighting in the pit, but like more than just like a normal mosh pit. And it was basically just this huge celebration in inverted commas of bro culture, which is what got me thinking about it and bringing this like subject to. The girls to speak about for the podcast episode it kind of made me think like how stark that bro culture was in the early noughties with like South Park and American Pie and all these films all these bands that kind of were at their peak when we were like six seven eight and that was kind of our like first entry into what culture
2: was what do you remember of it Eden? I remember American Pie and kind of all all that vibe. I don't remember Woodstock 99. I was doing Halima. I was only a little baby. <laughs> um, we were only babies. <laughs> but it definitely <laughs> feels like oh, when I was in school felt like that had prevailed. If you dared to even call anyone's sexist behaviour out I feel like you were just immediately laughed at. Whereas I feel like it's very much the norm now to not you know what you're not allowed to say, or you know, you know you know the way you're not allowed to behave. I feel like back then it was just pretty normal to behave like that.
1: Yeah, it was kind of like the edgy thing to do was to be on PC and to, like, be as offensive as possible, but in this way that was just, like, just for the boys. Like, kind of it was, like, the precursor to banter in the UK, which is, like, literally one of my worst words in the whole... <laughs> world. <laughs> and I remember it just feeling like so isolating when I was a kid. Like it just felt so intimidating and like scary and that like you didn't want to go anywhere near it.
2: Yeah. Well there's in the research we did there's a really good um article in complex about South Park and the alt right and saying that basically the whole point of South Park was just to not be PC. That was essentially the whole point. And if you dare challenge that, like you were the one that was trying to repress people but I guess it it maybe still happens now, but people think like the coolest thing is just to not give a shit about anything. I
1: feel like that's definitely like coming back around in boys, Mm -hmm. which we're going to talk about next week because this is a two parter, but because in loads of the research that Halima did, it kind of says that it's like very frat based, but I don't know because I feel like maybe when I think of frat culture, yeah, I think of (laughs) army hammer in, um, the social network Uh (laughs) and probably like nate and gossip girl even though i know he wasn't necessarily like in a frat but like it's kind of more upper class i don't know if that's because university in america especially the representations of it are usually like the really expensive ones as well like the big seven or whatever it's called yeah but yeah i always think of it like that but then there are the other sides like what was that really bad film where it was like I swear I had James Franco in and it was like him and his family move next door to a frat
2: house oh do you remember bad that neighbors yeah 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 Great yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. It? Yeah, it's really good I guess if you want that's that's what I think of when I think of a bro like Zach Efron with a shirt off chugging beer giving like a family some shit because they want to have a party man they don't care about the rules yeah that's that's bro culture for me
1: yeah, and like hazing people, mm-hmm. like all those, oh my gosh, <laughs> the other thing it reminds me of is Monsters University, have you watched I them? love Monsters University, I
2: was crying like <laughs> so two, two minutes it's in, it's incredible, <laughs> it's so
1: good <laughs> But that whole film's basically like one big like frat hazing thing isn't it, yeah. but obviously in a very um, harmless way
2: Disneyfied way, yeah. the Disneyfication of frat bros
1: yeah exactly exactly but I thought it was really interesting to talk about as well because now we kind of are living in this post girl boss world where it feels like the culture is shifting away from like girls being popular like I know that sounds reductionist but in terms of like advertising and messaging and everything we look at it feels like we're swinging away from feminism or whatever as a marketing technique which obviously has its pros and its cons probably but I was trying to think back to the last time when men, like, or young men in particular, really, like, dominated that space. And I feel like it is bro culture and, like, frat bros in a way. Yeah.
2: The Maybe the last things we kind of saw in full effect was all the, like, Charlie Sheen stuff in, like, 2012, maybe, like, 11, 12. Wait, what Charlie Sheen when stuff? When he was, like, saying all that, like, tiger's blood and, like, on, like, oh, just yeah, going yeah, on, like, a mad, yeah, yeah. like, cocaine-fueled rampage, but was getting loads and loads of press coverage about it. I feel like maybe after that people kind of got sick of it and then that's where this shift has come in where everything is like so, so pro-women representation and then the more that that happens, there's just going to be a bigger backlash. The more that becomes the norm.
1: Yeah, and I feel like it's easy to, because also one of the like big legacies of Woodstock 99, which they kind of touch on in the documentary, but I feel like they don't really give enough airtime too is that there was basically a lot of sexual assault and a lot of kind of bad shit going down in terms of yeah women being what's even the right word attacked disrespected being attacked yeah Yeah, all of the above yeah and like everyone was naked which is such a weird thing because that would like literally I don't feel like that would happen today like they're all like running around the festival literally naked Mm -hmm. like seeing it as this big like rebellion thing And it just seems like my actual hell. But I feel like outside of Woodstock, it felt like that watching that documentary was kind of like such a magnifying glass on what culture was like at the time. Mm -hmm. And like I feel like even in like school, like when I was like eight or whatever, it felt so normalized to speak about girls that, that way or the way that women were spoken about in the culture was very much just like they could be used and they were objects and they were just there for like male enjoyment
2: and male like entitlement i suppose yeah, for sure um but it's it's just like a, a like a pack mentality thing isn't it like if they're all running around yeah. woodstock naked if there was like one person doing it everyone would be like this person's a freak but once you kind of get together and everyone starts joining in everyone kind of thinks it's like like they have got free reign to do what they want like you need yeah. you need your peers and you need everyone to back you up so you can behave that yeah. Way. yeah yeah yeah
1: Exactly, and it's like in the festival setting as well, which people kind of treat uni, university as the same thing, right? It's like no rules, yeah. we're away from our parents, we can do what our, what we want kind of vibe. Yeah, the law doesn't exist. Yeah, Halima said at the end of her research that in the documentary, one of the boys who's like an attendee says it feels like Lord of the Flies. Which she said, which was very worrying, to be honest, especially when Lord of the Flies is described as the end of innocence, the darkness of man's heart. Wow. <laughs> that, that's that's dark. It's very accurate. Like, there's this bit in the, um... oh, it's so embarrassing. Like, there's this bit in the documentary where Fatboy Slims, like, they only had two stages at this festival, which is very strange. So they had, like, the main stage where the music was, and then, like, a rave hangar, like, as in, like, an aircraft hangar, but it was, like, a rave area and fat boy slim's like headlining the saturday night or whatever and he's like i just love to create carnage i love to create chaos blah 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 blah. then it gets too much for him and he literally has to be like carried out because it gets too dangerous
2: guys guys we just need to calm down with the carnage for a second um but this is this
0: selling a little or a lot because businesses that grow grow with shopify get a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash work shopify.com slash work hey dave yeah randy since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks underwear and t-shirts are super soft any new ideas maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy wait what i got it Bombus. You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: It's always been an ongoing thing that like people, people just constantly want to like transgress or constantly want to uh, go against what they should be doing. And then it kind of links back to like people wanting to be anti PC because they don't want to be told what to do.
1: I know totally and it feels like the only people that can really get away with that are like straight white men like not that anyone should want to have to like should want to behave in this way because I think it's like awful um but that like we can look back at these cultural moments even the fact that we look back at bro culture of the early noughties as like a cultural moment rather than like an endemic of like horrible men is so indicative as to like how we treat Men and young men, when they act in ways that are bad. Yeah.
2: Like, oh, it was just normal back then, though. It's fine. Like, no, it wasn't.
1: <laughs> I was, I read this tweet that was like, oh, when, when they recreated Woodstock, they didn't realize that a straight men had got like so much worse in the 30 years between the two. And I do feel like the early noughties was kind of the beginning of so many things in that way and like how masculinity is treated now, too. Because, yeah, all those films came out that depicted. Young male adulthood in this way of like, yeah, being transgressive, of drinking a lot, of partying a lot, of breaking the rules, and of treating women like shit. And also, it was the first time it could really be like broadcast in many ways. Yeah. Like, there was this bit in the documentary where they say it was basically on public broadcast television, which I don't exactly know what that means. So, an American listener can tell me, lol. But I think it basically meant at certain times of the day, it went live. So it became like a prank or whatever for boys to see what they could get away with and how outrageous they could be because that snippet would just be straight live on the telly.
2: Like mooning the stage or whatever. Throwing a bottle. Yeah, exactly. And it's so funny
1: that we consider it to be such a big part of mainstream culture now when we look back because so much of the kind of commentary around it in that was that they thought they were cu- counterculture and they thought like all the music they listened to was like countercultural and that they were doing something that was like very against the status quo mm-hmm. but they weren't they were just being morons yeah just being absolute cops. <laughs> so <laughs> what do you think The like 'Cause I don't know, British culture wasn't that prevalent in that era, I think, for me personally. What do you think like the boy equivalent of it in the UK was?
2: I guess lads. Like came a bit later, didn't it? With like the in betweeners,
1: mm-hmm. like what
2: else would you say is in lad culture? Um I would consider like all the boys in Geordie Shaw, they're like they're like the the archetype of a lad. Do you think? Yeah, I think so.
1: I feel like lads are kind of like a bit... Yeah, but I feel like in my head, lads are like less ripped. They're a bit more pathetic, but they act
2: in the same way as like Geordie Shaw lads. Okay, so they're kind of like uh, between a Geordie Shaw lad and an incel.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like a stepping stone. So we had like bro culture, then we had lad culture here, and then now we've got incels. Yeah. It's a slippery fucking slope. Yeah. And like we have seen it all kind of with that university like boys attitude coming over to the UK. Like do you remember a few years ago when there was loads of kind of stories coming out about freshers and like men treating like young men who were freshers at uni, like having all these like games and like hazing things towards women in the UK, like other fresh
2: freshers. Yeah. Like daring each other to do stuff on nights out and things like that.
1: But again, it was interesting because loads of it here is based at the more like the higher-end universities, so like Oxford, Cambridge, Durham, um, whatever the other ones are, I don't know. What are the other? I don't even know. As opposed to
2: just, like, the shit unis. Yeah, but then isn't that, like, that's like a whole other conversation about class and, like, people with money maybe feel like they can get away with more things.
1: That's so true, but I feel like bro culture is kind of very... It's, the perception of it is quite... Well, it's like middle-class working to middle class as opposed to, like, upper class, which is maybe what I was getting at with the, like, Army Hammer and the social
2: network thing. God, Army
1: Hammer. In in Halima's research, I know it mentions, like, clerks and, like, all of those kind of, uh, what the fuck is his name, Kevin? Kevin Smith. Yeah, Kevin Smith films, which I feel like maybe are bro-adjacent, but I don't feel like they're full bro-culture. What do you think? Yeah,
2: I think they're bro-adjacent, but they don't really perpetuate 'Cause I feel like a a lot of the American bro films, the whole plot line is basically just they're trying to have sex. Any way they can. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: yeah, that yeah. like
2: women aren't treated well, women aren't treated as anything but like a plot point or like an object. Um, but I feel like that's like a lot of the films were were about that or based around that. Like what is it we were talking about? Euro trip and yeah. American Pie, obviously.
1: Would you say super bad as a bro film? I don't know because I feel
2: like super. super I know Bad's, it's like satirical. Yeah, but... yeah, and I feel like super has got a lot of heart.
1: <laughs> bros have no
2: heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bros are bros are like cold snakes. In Superbad, they're kind of like they're like <laughs> losers as well. Bros, kind of like they run, they run the school. I feel like as well.
1: If by identifying this as a thing that happened and that like maybe is returning in a way, which we'll talk about next week, in the In the documentary and then also at the time, I feel like there was no real discussion of how to like curb bro culture or what had to happen for these men to not behave in horrible ways. Like there was kind of like no repercussions for their actions because it was
2: like the defining thing of that time. Yeah, it's just it's just how they behaved. You can't do anything about it. But I guess now we're all about kind of sh- making, like shining a light on people's behavior and making people realize that you can't behave this way. And all it takes is like one bro to be like, Hey guys, maybe we shouldn't behave like this. And it has a knock on effect. But I think once you're in that mindset, you've got your friends and they all kind of behave the same. It's probably really hard to get out of that headspace because it's like a pack.
1: Yeah, totally. And I feel. Like, as I kind of said at the beginning of the episode, like in feminist circles or whatever, it's always kind of like, how does our behaviour dictate this or dictate that? Or I suppose just as women, as marginalised people, you're like consistently forced to think of how your behaviour is perceived. Whereas the whole point of bro culture was to be perceived as a threat in some way
2: or perceived as like a nuisance, like they wanted to be perceived like that. Yeah, you want to be perceived as controversial and like attention-seeking and really daring
1: yeah it was kind of like it was literally like toxic masculinity at its finest like caveman culture yeah. like <laughs> <he smashed something laughs> exactly <out. laughs>
2: that's that's what it boils down to i hate it i hate it mm. i hate it In saying that i do in like in like a weird way enjoy those films i don't know why oh oh like
1: oh. guilty pleasure yeah why? i don't know
2: maybe it's just because like if you grew up with them it's, it's like you're indoctrinated into the bro cult like you can't <laughs> uh and yeah maybe you just don't have a soft spot for them but because like think about like Natasha Leon's character in in American Pie she's like kind of mm-hmm. like laughing at them like obviously mm-hmm. there's so many problems with American Pie but I think there's little flashes of that where like they're kind of almost trying to point out how ridiculous they are
1: Right. I don't know. I just remember I haven't rewatched any of those as an adult, right? Like, I feel like I've probably rewatched Super Bad. I never ever watched South Park in my whole life. Like, I was always disgusted yeah. by it. And I feel like I always just felt so isolated by those things, like, that I couldn't find anything to enjoy from them. Like, it was almost like watching a horror film, but for me, because I was like, why are these people so nasty? <laughs> <Why>?
2: Please.
1: <laughs> why it's like a little confused seven eight year old yeah, like i guess terrified by boys yeah
2: i mean there's 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 like different there's it's all on a scale though isn't it so there's america south park like it's right at the end like they are purposely being transphobic misogynistic racist because they think that it's funny um and then there's stuff like maybe uh super bad and then like american pie is kind of in the middle like there's some, some things are, are worse than others and some things maybe yeah, contribute yeah. more dangerous things to the culture. Like the like the creators of South Park literally saying, people that speak out against what we're saying and our free speech are the real oppressors. It's like, uh, well, no, that's not true at all.
1: I know, it is interesting because I feel like it definitely affected the way boys were when I was at school, like secondary school even, which was like a good... Like I went to secondary school 2005 to 10. So that was like way towards the end of bro culture. Like I feel like it really did affect how boys acted. Like they felt they had to really act out in this way or be really attention seeking and like be nasty to girls. And then I it kind of went away a bit. But maybe that was just because I got older as well and also stopped hanging around with straight boys.
2: <laughs> that'll solve all <laughs> your now problems. now I definitely
1: see. <sighs> exactly. But that definitely, it feels like some of the behavior is creeping back in. Yeah.
2: I think so it's a it's like a knee-jerk reaction I think to what feminism because feminism has gone fully mainstream yeah it's like the next logical thing that sounds like a bad way to put it but yeah I guess everything's always going to work in a cycle isn't it like maybe bro culture was a response to like 90s feminism and like riot girl and stuff like that
1: yeah yeah definitely it's very stressful for me (laughs)
2: I find it very stressful. (laughs) Yeah, but just gotta keep on, keep on calling it out, man. Yeah. How do you think we break the cycle? I think you just have to. As well, I once read something like that stuck with me forever, where someone was like, "If you hear someone tell like a racist, I might have said this before, but like racist, sexist, whatever joke, just say I don't understand." And then they have they have (laughs) to then essentially explain. Oh, it's funny because I'm just being sexist. Or I'm being racist, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so it yeah, kind yeah. of makes people realize what the fuck they're saying, and that they they can't say stuff like that. I guess you just have to kind of make people feel embarrassed about their behavior.
1: I think it's just about like I don't know, because yeah, everyone thinks girl like girl boss culture and like mainstream feminism is so naff, but I suppose we just have to keep forging like our own cultural movements that are still anti like toxic men but don't fall into the trappings of, like, commercialised feminism. Yeah. Don't know, it's hard. And also, like, see male behaviour as, like, a credible thing to dissect and analyse and to look at and think this is wrong, as opposed to just thinking it exists on, like, a separate plane or parallel to us. Yeah. Yeah, you got to... I don't know. I'm stressed stressed out now You'll confront it,
2: yeah, yeah, you gotta be you uh, yeah. I don't know, but you gotta make people realize that they can't behave this way,
1: so next week, we will be speaking about toxic masculinity now, and what bro culture looks like in twenty twenty two I was about to say twenty twenty one um and what that looks like, what that feels like, what state of masculinity are we in, which Listeners, it's not good.
2: That's all I can say for now. It's not going well. It's not going well.
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's a dark, dark time. It's a dark, dark time. Yeah. All right, Eden. Well, thank you for the chat. Thank you. Thank you to the listeners. Thank you to Olivia for editing and Halima for researching. Thank you to Gina and Gina, Izzy, Charlotte, Grace, and Hattie. We will speak to you next week. Goodbye. Bye.